This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our second reading this morning comes from Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There was a man named Mark who led a Christian conference retreat in New Hampshire in 1972. And Mark was a young, new, inexperienced preacher, and he was looking for a job. And so when he was offered the, the lead speaker at this Christian conference, he took it. And even though he felt inadequate, he said, I'm just going to go for this opportunity that the Lord has placed before me. And so Mark was the main speaker that week, and he, he spoke, and at the end of the week, he was so discouraged. He realized how inexperienced he was, and his youth showed through. And Mark left that week going into ministry, into his career of preaching, feeling so discouraged at what he thought was a failure that week. He just felt like he planted seeds of the gospel, and it just fell on deaf ears. Not because the word of the Lord wasn't active, but because he was just inadequate as a preacher. And to be honest with you this morning, I feel inadequate as a preacher up here talking to you today. I feel young and inexperienced, and a lot of you have been faithful Christians longer than I've been alive. And so one of my insecurities this morning is what could I possibly offer you from my experience? And thankfully, I'm not sharing from my experience, I'm sharing from the word and that is what I'm standing on this morning. But that feeling of inadequacy and those feelings of insecurity are not foreign to us. In fact, I'm, I'm sure there are times in your life or maybe even today where you feel inadequate or you have felt insecure. Maybe for some of you, you've been let go from a job because you just weren't what they were needing to continue with their plan. Or maybe you applied for a job and you didn't have the skill set that they were looking for, or they needed somebody newer who had more technological skill. Or maybe for you, you don't feel inadequate necessarily in a career, but maybe at some point in your life, you felt inadequate in a relationship. Perhaps as a parent, you felt inadequate when certain problems arise, or maybe as a spouse. Uh, and, and there are ways that we, we feel insecure in our life. And sometimes it's even in our walk with the Lord. We often feel inadequate 
when it comes to various areas of our life. And this morning, we're looking at the book of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah felt inadequate as well. He understands this human lack of confidence. And God comes to Jeremiah in verse 4 and commissions him to be a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah's instant response is resistance. Jeremiah disqualifies himself from the work the Lord is asking him to do. And he says, I'm too young. I don't know how. We do this too, right? In Matthew 28, which Samantha read for us, the Great Commission, God has commissioned us as well. God commissioned Jeremiah as a prophet, but God commissions us as well. And what is that Great Commission? To make disciples. And just like Jeremiah, if you're like me, your instant response is resistance, disqualification. Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm too young to disciple anybody. I feel that way. Or maybe you're on the opposite end and you think, well, I'm too old to, to disciple anybody. Who would want to be discipled by me? Or you disqualify yourself with, well, I'm too busy. Or I'm, I'm uneducated. I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm not a pastor or a teacher. Somebody else will make disciples. That's not for me. And I'm here to tell you this morning that our call is to make disciples. That is our commission. And we too easily disqualify ourselves from the work that the Lord is calling us to do. And in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1, Jeremiah gives this super official level response to the Lord. I can't do it. I don't know how. And this surface level response is actually cover, covering up a deeper issue in Jeremiah. And that deeper problem is Jeremiah's fear. Jeremiah is afraid. And, and rightly so. He's afraid of failure at something he's not good at. He's afraid of embarrassment because he doesn't know what he's supposed to say and he's probably afraid of death itself because he was called to call the nation of Israel back to the Lord. They were living in sin, and that's not an easy task. And I think a lot of us today are afraid as well. We give these surface-level responses like, I don't have time, or I'm too young. It's because we're afraid. We're afraid of embarrassment, or we're afraid of failure. Or in some areas of the world, we're afraid of death. We're afraid of sharing the gospel. And those fears are real. And, and the Lord doesn't ignore Jeremiah's response. God could just gloss over what Jeremiah said and say, oh, well, you're going to do what I say anyway. But God actually responds to Jeremiah's concern. When Jeremiah is concerned about not knowing what to speak, what does the Lord do here in the text? In verse 7, he says, don't say I'm too young. And skip down a little bit to the end of verse 7, he says, you will say whatever I command you. So Jeremiah's lack of knowledge is filled with what the Lord wants him to speak. I don't know how to speak. Well, here you go. This is what I want you to say. I'm going to give you the words. And then the Lord follows that with action. 
the Lord confirms that in Jeremiah's life. In verse 9, it says, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. So while Jeremiah felt insecure because he didn't know what to say, the Lord filled him with what to say. The Lord gave him the technical skill of teaching, preaching, prophesying to the nation of Israel. But God didn't stop at this technical skill of public speaking. Jeremiah's fear was below the surface. It was not explicitly said, but the Lord hears the cry of Jeremiah. And the Lord says to him in verse nine, or in verse eight, excuse me, do not be afraid of them for I am with you and will rescue you. And so while God gives Jeremiah the technical skill of speaking, he also gives him the intangible skill of courage and confidence. God promises his presence to Jeremiah. And for some of us, we're thinking, okay, that's great. God gave Jeremiah the words to say, but what about me? What am I supposed to say if Jeremiah's commission was to prophesy and my commission is to make disciples? How am I supposed to know what to do? And in Matthew, 28 in the Great Commission, the Lord answers that question. I'm going to flip there. Matthew 28, verse 20. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Lord, what do I say? Teach them what I've commanded you. And so the word of the Lord, the teachings of Jesus, the entire scriptures are what we use to disciple. When we think we don't have the words to say. The scriptures do. The word of the Lord is able to help us in our moments of weakness. But what's more beautiful than just having the right things to say as we make disciples is the promise of God's presence with us as well. God promised his presence to Jeremiah, and that helped alleviate his fears. But God also promises his presence to us. At the end of verse 20, Jesus says, and I will be with you even till the end of the age. God's promise of his presence wasn't just to Jeremiah. It was to us as well. And so now we have the confidence to go and to make disciples, knowing that his presence is going before us, going behind us and going with us. We no longer have to be afraid of failure, embarrassment, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of insecurity, because the Lord is the one who promises to go with us and to help us. The Lord says to Jeremiah, I will rescue you. I will rescue you from whatever it is that death, embarrassment, failure. The Lord doesn't promise Jeremiah a pain-free life, but he does promise him his presence and to rescue him. And so if you turn to John 14, 16, this is one of my favorite verses. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, and it's the last supper and he's getting ready to go to the cross. And he says, and I will ask the father 
and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. To be with you forever, to help you. The two things that he also promised Jeremiah, he is promising to us. The Lord's presence is his promise to us as well. And so on his own, Jeremiah was not adequate. He was not able to preach to the nations, but through the Lord's hand, through the Lord's anointing him, he was able to go. And my question for you this morning is, are you willing to trust the Lord in your moments of weakness or in your weaknesses in general? Maybe you're not good at teaching, or maybe you don't feel like you can lead a small group. Are you willing to, to, to step out in faith for what the Lord is asking you to do, to make disciples? Are you able to get a cup of coffee with somebody? I know that's difficult right now with the pandemic, but now that the vaccine is coming out, there's going to be moments in our future where we can meet in person. But until that time, could you meet on Zoom? Could you FaceTime with somebody? Could you walk through the scriptures with somebody? I, I feel inadequate as I, as I feel young and inexperienced, but there are younger people than me and more immature Christians than me. And there's also more experienced Christians and more mature Christians, and they can disciple me and I can disciple others. There's always somebody that you can disciple. Jesus promises to be with us and he promises to help us. This is our confidence. When we feel inadequate and insecure, the Lord's presence with us is our confidence. There was a, a lady named Dale and a young man named Bruce who went to a, a business organization meeting. And at the meeting, uh, after the meeting, they decided to ride to the airport together. And then another guy caught up with them as they were getting into a taxi and said, hey, can I ride with you if you're going to the airport? And they said, sure, hop in. And while they were in the taxi, they all figured out that they were Christians. And so they asked like, oh, how did you come to faith? And Dale, the young lady um, answered, well, I actually attended, um, or, or, excuse me, Dale asked the man, where, what business do you work for? And he said, and she said, I have fond memories of that business because I actually came to Christ through that business. And my siblings, I shared the gospel with my siblings and with my children, and they actually became Wycliffe missionaries and have planted seeds all across the world. And the guy in the front seat, the stranger was sitting there quietly and, and Dale thought that maybe she had bored him with her story. And she asked him, is everything okay? And he says, well, was that um, a conference you attended in 1972? And she said, yeah. And he said, I thought so. Um, that conference that my organization led, I was actually the speaker at. And that was my first conference. And it was Mark. Mark was the speaker at that first conference when he felt inadequate that brought Dale to the Lord and which caused seeds to plant all across the world. And so in the same way that Dale, or excuse me, that Mark felt inadequate at his first speaking experience, the Lord used him. He used what he spoke 
to speak to others and to plant seeds. And so my question is, will you trust the Lord this week with what you feel are your weaknesses? Will you allow his presence to be your confidence this week? Amen. I am now going to invite Carrie Cronley to unmute and share. She's going to share a reflective story with us this morning. Hi, everyone. Um, I was very excited when Jordan asked me to share because she asked if I would share a moment where I felt unqualified um, and how God used that. I was like, perfect. I often feel unqualified. Um, my personality is very type A, so there's a lot of areas that I feel unqualified in. <laughs> um, but kind of the first thing that came to my mind um, was I worked for a campus ministry before I came here in August. I worked for RUF. Um, it was the campus ministry that I became a Christian through in college. So um, about my freshman year, I heard that I could go on staff and I was like, okay, that's definitely what I wanna do after college. Um, so after I graduated, uh, I went to a different college and was starting to be on staff there. And I remember when I first started, I was so excited to do things like plan events and come up with systems so that the ministry runs well. And of course, the things I was most excited for, for the ministry, was the things that I could control, the ways that I felt like my strengths would shine. But um, in reality, the majority of being on, stamp, on staff at the campus ministry is really meeting with the students and um, sitting down for coffee and lunch and um, helping them grow spiritually and just being like having a relationship with them. And that was the part that I felt most scared of, um, the area that I felt most inadequate and unqualified. Um, I didn't know what I would ask them or if I'd be able to take the conversation to a deeper level. And I would, was only like three years older than them. I really, there wasn't much of an age difference. Um, and so my campus minister, who is kind of the leader of our staff, I remember when the, my first semester was starting there, um, he asked me, so what are you, you know, what are you feeling nervous about? And I timidly mentioned, if I'm, if I'm completely honest, I'm, I'm nervous just to talk to students um, and to sit down and ask them questions. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to be able to do that. And um, he assured me it's going to get easier. It'll be scary at first, but just remember that Christ is a non-anxious presence. That was what he said over and over again. Christ is a non-anxious presence. And um my, I hear, I heard that and I interpreted it as, oh, Christ is a non-anxious presence. Okay, I have to be a non-anxious presence if I'm going to be Christ to these students. And so I put that burden on myself. And I remember, um, so the first time that I met with a student, her name was Abigail and um, she was a junior and I got coffee with her and I came to the coffee date with like a whole list of questions and we just breezed through my questions in about 20 minutes. And then she awkwardly was like, okay, I have to go. And she left. And I just remember, I was so devastated. Um, I was like, I had, God, I'd come up with all these questions and I was trying to be like super calm and like a non-anxious presence for this girl. And like, that didn't happen. And um, my campus minister asked again next week, he was like, so how did the one-on-ones go this week? And I was like, you know, actually it didn't go well. I just, I don't know how to talk to these students. I tried to not be anxious and I tried to be like Christ for them. And 
um, he was he was like, no, that that's not what I meant when I said Christ is a non-anxious presence. I meant Christ is a non-anxious presence for you. As you go into this, you're allowed to come with your mess. You're allowed to do things scared um, and feel inadequate because Christ will make up for those inadequacies. He's the one who is going to have a relationship with these students and you're just you know, facilitating that. So you can go into situations feeling still nervous, still scared, um, still unsure of what you're going to say. And he, I remember he was like, have you tried just listening to the students? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I can often be thinking about what I'm gonna say next in a conversation, even as the person's talking to me, I'm like, okay, what am I gonna ask next? Um, so I remember my next one-on-one, -on -one, um, I went in and I prayed like, Lord, I'm feeling nervous. I feel nauseous, but I'm going to trust that you are going to use my, my nerves um, and my weakness and my mess um, to build a relationship with a student. So God, whatever you want us to talk about, I just pray that it would come up and the one the the coffee dates didn't just magically start going really well but I did start to build relationships and I messed up in front of these students I would say silly things or awkward things and it let them know that they could be messy with me and that they could admit mistakes that they had and I just remember I still remember now I'm actually studying counseling ironically the thing I was most scared to do I'm now going to be doing for the rest of my life, <laughs> I'm going to be sitting across from people and talking. Um, uh, so I'm studying to become a counselor and I still remember that um, as I practiced to become a counselor, uh, when my camp campus minister said like, you can do things scared knowing that Christ is a non-anxious presence. Um, so that that is a way that I have felt God's presence. It, when I'm trusting him, I don't have to rage against my emotions to get it all together. I'm allowed to be messy. Um, I'm allowed to be human and weak and trust him and that relying on him for moment by moment strength um, is how I kind of experience his presence and build a relationship with him. So, yeah, thank you guys. Carrie, thank you from all of us. We are blessed by the story. I, I feel tears welling in my eyes, just that God would take your very sense of weakness and say, oh, let me just magnify my name through, through putting you in counseling now. I mean, who knows what all of us are going to be doing as we yield ourselves to the Lord. And in that, I would like to invite you to recommit yourself using this prayer that is in our bulletin as we offer ourselves to God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, you have given to us the glorious gospel of our risen Savior and Master. Grant that as we joyfully receive the good news for ourselves, so we may gratefully share it with others and ever give glory to you by whose grace alone we are what we are. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. 
If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.